Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank God for today. We thank God for his goodness. God has always been good. God is good and he's good. He's better than good. He's good all the time. Whether you are in good times, you are in bad times, whether you feel down, you feel up, whether you've got a job, you've not got a job, you've got, you've just got married or you have not gotten married, you've lost some money, you've gained some money, you don't feel well, you had, you've had bad news or you've had good news. God is just good all the time. The goodness of God is not based on the feelings of people or the circumstances of people. Actually, if we can continue in faith looking up to him, that means that our circumstances, our circumstances will begin to reflect reflect his goodness hallelujah yeah so god is good it's just like the sun the sun is always hot okay whether it's raining or is in the night it's gloomy the sun is always hot it's just our positioning and our conditions that make it look like there's no sunshine as i speak the sun is shining somewhere very very hot somewhere whilst it is so cold somewhere else why the sun is always good it is dependent on your positioning towards the sun and i pray that as we get into god's word your faith is going to come alive because without faith you can't position yourself properly to for the goodness of God, for the kindness of God, for the grace of God and the glory of God to best forth through your life and through your living in Jesus name. I pray today's session and teaching will be a, a turning point for you, a defining factor, a defining moment for you in your testimony that is about to come. I believe that many testimonies that are about to come will be as a result, or will be traceable to today's message. Yes, I mean to this very message. There are a lot of testimonies that are about to be birthed in your life that will be traceable to today's message. I pray that will be your case in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to hear your word of faith. As we hear the word of faith, let faith come alive. Let your glory be seen. Because as we exercise our faith and, our, and, and we believe in your word, we then see the power at work to your glory. Thank you that somebody's being healed, somebody's receiving a testimony, somebody's receiving a turnaround, and somebody is about to experience the demonstration of God's goodness and power in their lives through the word of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The evidence of true faith. The evidence of true faith. Don't forget to share this message to somebody because it will change, because it will change somebody's story. Now, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. When you are reading the Bible and you come across words like we, us, they, you have to take particular notice of that because when we say, when he say we walk by faith, who is he talking about? Who are the we? We, the we there are those who are in Christ, who have been justified, okay? So if you are with God, you have a relationship with God, a thriving relationship with God, that's the we. In Galatians chapter 2, sorry, chapter 3, verse 11, it says that, that the, by the works of the law shall no flesh shall be justified. It's evident, okay, that no flesh shall be justified by the works of the Lord. Sorry, the law is evident for uh, we are justified by faith. 
For it said, the just shall live by faith. So, you know, it takes faith to come, be justified before God and to live the life of God or to walk a certain kind of walk to the glory of God. So faith. So Habakkuk 2, 4 said, the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. In Galatians, I just quoted it, chapter 3, verse 11 says, the just shall live by faith. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, it says, the just shall live by faith. Four times, three times in the New Testament, and once in the Old Testament, the Old Testament said the just shall live by his faith, not somebody else's faith, by your faith. The way I cannot breathe with your nose, that's the way you cannot live by my faith. You cannot drive with another car's head, headlamp in, at night. You are driving and you are using somebody's headlamp. It does not work. You need your own headlamp. Faith is like a heart. I, you cannot live based on somebody's heart or you cannot love somebody based on another person's heart for the person. Okay. You love based on your own heart. So faith is like your heart. And the problem with many people is not just that um, they, uh, God is not showing his goodness. It's, it's, it's faith failure. The way people can suffer cardiac arrest, heart failure, faith failure can also be a problem. Okay, Because we live by faith. That means that once your faith fails, you are dying. Once your faith fails, the life of God and the manifestation of the power and the glory of God begins to be compromised. It's very important. So the devil's chief target is your faith, not just your job, <laughs> not your health. Satan's chief target is not your health. Satan's chief target is not your finances. Get this. Satan's chief target is not your marriage. Satan's chief target is your faith. So all what you are going through, according to James chapter 1, he said, the trial, consider it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of temptations. You are falling in, the, another translation says, when you fall into diverse kinds of trials, something is trying you. You are being taken through the mail. You go through all kinds of, you, it, it, it is, sometimes it just does not make sense when you look at the way things are going in your life. It doesn't make sense. Must everything be through an intense battle and fighting? When will you will you have rest from war, rest from battle, just for decent something decent in your life that you are trying to achieve? Go. It must always be you fight more than others are fighting. Something doesn't make sense. Hey, listen, it's a count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of pressure, diverse kinds of trial, diverse kinds of temptation. Knowing this, as you are counting it, this is what you are knowing, that the trial of your faith, it is your faith that is under trial. It's your faith. So First Timothy chapter 1 verse, uh, chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. So you have to fight for your faith. Fight, bro. Fight to stay in faith. Bro, sister, fight to stay in faith. Don't let what didn't look Glorious, or didn't look like, or what didn't turn out the way you expected to discourage or to diminish your faith because that is Satan's ultimate agenda. His ultimate agenda is to fight your faith. What the, 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 the other Christian mother said that hurt you so much. What happened that hurt you so much? Satan is trying to fight your faith, fight you out of the fold, fight you out of the fellowship so that he can dwindle or diminish or stifle or quench your faith. 
but I see you growing in faith instead. I see you. When the Satan throws the, the dart, he throws the battle, rather it ends up growing your faith because he said, the trial of your faith, it is producing something Satan didn't see, foresee. The trial of your faith is producing patience. Patience here talks about the ability to still look up to God and hold on, hold on to God's word. Come with me. That is patience. Patience is there. It's not ability to wait. It's the ability to hold on to God's word in spite of what may happen or what doesn't happen. You are still holding on to that patience. And Satan loses the, loses the battle when one is in in faith and patience. Bible says that who through faith and patience be ye followers. Don't be slothful. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Don't be slothful, but be followers of those who through faith and patience obtained the promise. So you obtain the promise through faith and patience. So we live by faith. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I've been quoting this scripture very often. It said that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, how am I living it? I live by faith. Hallelujah. I live by, you cannot live without faith for Jesus. You cannot live, the Christian life is, that's why it's called the faith. Contending for the faith. The Christian life, it says that, um, that's uh, uh, Titus 3. And in, in, in I think Peter, it, it talks about how um, brethren who have received like precious faith. Okay, first Peter chapter one, verse I think two, three, four there. I think second Peter chapter one, verse two or something like that. So like we have received like precious faith. Okay, we are we, this faith is precious. And that is what Satan is targeting. He targets your faith more than your gold. He targets your faith more than your uh your, your substance. Satan is after your faith. And so he says that the only way you can live this life to its max, to its fullest, is by living it by faith. Life is better when lived by faith. Hallelujah! <laughs> That's a nice one. Life is better when lived by faith. Let me say it again. Life is better when lived by faith. Satan is after faith. So he said, the life I now live, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So watch this. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We live. We conduct our lives by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that's our theme for the year, our theme scripture for the year, Caris Ministries. Our year is the, uh, the year of faith. And the, the scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We live, I live by faith. We walk by faith. That word walk means that we conduct our day-to-day life, okay, affairs of life. We conduct it by faith. We walk by faith. Christians are meant to walk by faith. If you are a Christian, the only way you are supposed to walk is to walk by faith and not by sight. Sight means just what you are seeing on the natural, in the natural, with your sensory perception, with your physical senses, your smell, your taste, your sight, your uh, your touch, your um, um, your smell, taste, touch, hearing. 
Okay, so all these things and your, your, yeah, your sight, all these things that are in the realm of the physical, Bible says that we do not live our lives. In other words, we do not make, that is what, that's not what determines and defines the outcome of our life. What determines or what governs our life is faith and faith in God's word. Okay, so we walk by faith, not, we are not walking by what the news says. We are not walking by what the bank says. We are not walking by what your your enemy says or by what people say. We walk by faith in God's word. We walk by faith. So we live by faith. We walk by faith. And in Hebrews, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, when he was talking about the armor, armor of God, he said that above all these taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. It's your faith that can deal with the devil. The devil has a, his assignment is to throw darts against your faith. Throw darts, throw fiery darts. You know, that is like um, a, 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 something with a sword, okay? Almost like a sword it's with a sharp edge that is thrown, all right? Thrown, is, that's like a javelin, okay? With sharp edge, targeted as something to hit it, all right? So it says that this one is fiery. Anything it touches, it sets it on fire, sets it ablaze. And Satan has fiery darts. And the only thing you can use to be able to quench Say you is your feel your sorry your faith. So he said, take the shield of faith by which you'll be able to quench when the Satan throws his fire at you. Just lift your faith. Just use your faith. Use your faith. Okay, not not your account, not your money, not your friends. Your faith. Your not your, just your family. Your faith. It doesn't matter what Satan is throwing at you. I know you have the faith if you're a Christian because it takes faith to be born again. And every Christian has a measure of faith. And you enter by faith. So we are all given a measure of faith according to, I think, Romans chapter 12, I think verse 3, 4, somewhere there. We all have a measure, a measure of faith to start with. So when Satan throws a dart at you, use your faith. Walk by faith. So we fight by faith. So we live by faith. We walk by faith. We fight by faith. Hallelujah. So it's important to understand that these cardinal things in your life, so long as your work with God is concerned, your testimony in life is concerned, can only be achieved through faith. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, the scripture says that faith uh, uh, um, is that grace works through faith. Okay. It says that, for, no, sorry, let me put it. It said, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Grace is what makes us enjoy the goodness of God, enjoy life the way it is. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. All right. So grace is a maker. Grace makes you. When people mock you, grace is making you. I see the grace of God making you, making your family, making your marriage, making your career, making your studies, making your, your, your business. I see the grace of God making you in ministry. Grace will make you. Grace is a maker. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. I am what I am by the grace of God. So grace makes. Now watch this. It says that it is by faith that it might be according to grace. So even to be able to enjoy grace, it must be by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it said, by grace are you saved. Okay. It's, the salvation is an act of God's grace, but how do you access it? Through faith. So you bring faith to the table. Grace sets the table it takes the spoon of faith and the cutlery of faith to be able to eat it. 
So you can come to the banquet of faith, uh, of grace. It will take faith to enjoy the banquet of grace. So it takes faith to enjoy the goodness of life. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. It takes faith. It takes, we live by faith. We walk by faith. We fight by faith. And we enjoy by faith. So your faith is cardinal. Your faith is, faith is fundamental to everything that will happen. But guess what? Satan also targets your faith. So in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to, desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. You see, verse 20, uh, 32, I prayed for you that your faith it's your faith. If your faith doesn't fail, you'll be fine. So what, as I said earlier on, a lot of people, what they are suffering is faith failure. It's not lack of God's power. It's faith failure. It's not lack of help. It's not lack of resources. It's not lack of vision. It's faith failure. Satan is trying to give you a faith attack, just like you have a heart attack. He wants you to have a faith attack. That's why you have to fight the good fight of faith. This is how Paul's put, Paul puts it in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have, he, said, so he said, I've fought a good fight. I've, 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 kept the, my, I've, I've kept the course and I've kept the, I've run my course and kept the course. Let me read it. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. It says that I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I've kept the faith. There's faith to keep, bro. There's faith to keep. In spite of all that is happening in your life, make sure you keep your faith. That was Job's advantage. The wife came to him and he said, what? You, are you still trusting God? Curse God and die. <laughs> Curse God. And, why are you still believing in God? In the book of Job, he said, Curse God and die. And he said, you speak like one of the foolish women. And the Bible says that in all these things, Job never said anything contrary against God. Job never did or say anything against God in all what he went because he, he kept his faith. He kept his faith alive. In other words, his dependence and trust in God, he kept it alive. He kept it alive. The psalmist said in Psalm 56, he says that whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Trust God. Don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord with all your might and lean not on your own understanding because your understanding might be limited, might be restricted. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in God. Job trusted in God. That's what kept him going. So Paul said, I have kept the faith. In spite of all that he went through, he said, I have kept the faith. Now, so it's important to understand that Satan's desire is to attack your faith. Yes, Satan desires to attack your faith. In the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus said, If the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on this earth? This is very serious. Look. He said, if the, when the Son of Man comes, Luke chapter 18, verse 8, he says that, I tell you, that I have ne uh, uh, he will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on this earth? Because Satan is at all is all out war. At all out, he has really all out war against your faith and against faith of people. This uh, all what is happening around this Corona crisis, all right. And political crisis we hear around us and we see around us and financial crisis. Satan's number one aim is to make people lose their faith. 
Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find? When it's time for God to show up, according to God's time and program, will you still be in faith? If you are not in faith, sorry. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I came here to encourage you, keep your faith. Keep the faith at any cost. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight to stay in faith. Maybe if you have to change your friends, change them. If you have to even change the place you go, change them. Fight to stay in faith. That's what, that's what matters. That's what determines the outcome of your destiny. Hallelujah. And the, and, and the reward you receive after the, in the life after here. Faith. Will, faith is a determining factor. It's a major determinant in what God can do in a person's life with a person and for a person. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, if the son of man comes, shall he find faith? On this earth, and 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 Paul said in Second First uh, Timothy chapter one, verse First Timothy chapter one verse um, nineteen. Very interesting. First Timothy one nineteen. It says that um, holding faith and good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. So you can have faith today and make shipwreck with your faith. He said, you have to hold faith and good conscience, which some having put away have made shipwreck of their concerning the faith. Concerning the faith, concerning their work with God. The, the faith here means your entire, entire, the entirety of your trust in God and your Christian journey and Christian testimony. This coronavirus has, been, has exposed a lot of people. Satan has actually attacked people and there are people who have fallen out of faith. They have made shipwreck of their faith. That will not be your testimony. And just in case I'm talking to you and you have suffered shipwreck, I pray a revival come hits you. May your faith be revived as the word of God comes. May your faith be rejuvenated. May your faith come back alive in God. Many people shall be saying, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. Then he goes on to say, verse 13, that um, but they that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So that means that keeping your faith to the end, keeping your faith, be in faith. Don't allow Satan to give you faith failure or shipwreck of faith or the other one in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18 it says that they overthrow the faith of many wow so your faith can be overthrown today you are a believer excited next time is gone today you are able to believe and stand on faith believing God for your for your job or for your ministry for your for your marriage for your children for something and then your faith has been overthrown and I said oh, I can't be bothered yeah it's that overthrown faith don't let your faith be overthrown in the name of Jesus. So your faith can be overthrown. You can have a shipwreck of faith and people can actually be, can lose faith. Jesus comes and there's no faith on this earth. But I pray that you will still grow stronger by the day. In the Bible says that Abraham was, was not uh, weak in faith. In Romans chapter 4, but he, be, he was strong in faith. He was strong in faith. So I pray that you'll be stronger and stronger and increase in faith. Ever increasing faith I'm talking about in Jesus' name. Amen. And so now the evidence of true faith, because Jesus said, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith? That means that 
um, when it says shall he find, that means that two categories of faith, those who have faith and those who don't have faith. So those who don't have faith, they didn't receive faith. So no, it's no faith. But there are people who have faith and their faith, they will have shipwreck of faith. Okay, so you have faith and you didn't have it again. So I'm talking in the category of Christians, there are those who have faith and made shipwreck of faith. And those, I'm talking on those who will, not, will be found wanting. And those who didn't have faith but thought they have faith. So that's why I'm taking this time to talk about the evidence and the signs of a genuine faith. How do you know that you actually have faith? Because what pe- some people may say they have faith, but it's not fake. It's not faith. It's fake. <laughs> you might think you have faith, but it's not faith. Okay. So what are the signs? The signs of genuine faith. Signs of true faith. In in First Timothy chapter one verse. Five. It talks about how um, faith unfeigned, okay? The end of the law. It says that now the end of the commandment is charity, which is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. And faith unfeigned. That means pure faith, genuine faith, true faith, authentic faith. Is your faith authentic? Pastor, how do I know that I really have faith? Because sometimes I'm not sure if I even have faith. I'm so worried. I'm so confused. I'm going to show you how Bible says that the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. That's King James. But genuine faith, the other translation is of genuine faith, true faith. What are the signs of true faith? Seven. I'll just read in seven points. Now, let me give you quickly. Point number one is... True faith is word-based. Okay, word-based, that's the word of God. In in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it said, What saith it? What does it say? King James said, What saith it? But uh, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, did I say 8, 10? I'm sorry, 10, verse 8. It said, But what saith it? The word is, is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. Okay, so it's, it's, it's supposed to be a word of faith which we preach, the word of faith, which we preach. So it's supposed to be a word of faith. So if it's faith, it is a word behind the faith. It is the word that makes it faith. So if you don't have a word, when we talk about word, it's talking about the word of God. Okay. Bible-based, Bible-based faith, word-based faith. So for your faith to be genuine, it must be Bible-based. That's a genuine faith. Let me even use the word Bible-based. So make it clearer for everybody. Bible-based what you are believing is based on scripture. Scripture-based, Bible-based, word-based. So how do you know it's genuine faith? If you can find its trace, you can justify it by the word of God. That means it's a Bible-based faith. And that's one of the signs of a true faith. In in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, it says that if you give yourself to these things, to, talking about um, the preacher, um, 1 Timothy chapter Verse, I'm sorry, verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing so thou shalt both save thyself and thy hearers. You see, so take it to yourself, Pastor. Take care of yourself, take it to yourself and to you, what you are teaching, because that is what determines people's faith. It is that word of God that determines people's faith, not the feelings in a church, not the excitement in a church. Excitement in a church or an excitement in a message doesn't necessarily guarantee genuine faith. It can it can give feelings, feelings of hopefulness, but it doesn't mean you have. There are a lot of people who have hope, but they don't have faith. 
They have hope. I'm hoping it might be. Faith says that I know it will be. I'm standing on God's word and I know. So number one, genuine faith is faith-based. Number Sorry, it's, it's word-based or Bible-based, okay? Genuine faith is Bible-based. Number two, genuine faith has hope. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what are you hoping for? Faith, hope is always... Hope is a patient waiter. Uh, Kenneth Hagin said, "Faith is a, is a hope is a patient waiter, and faith makes it happen." Now, hope can wait because Hebrews, Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-four and twenty-five, it says that hope that you you have seen is no hope. Once you have received it, there's no more hope then. Hope is something you haven't arrived at, something you haven't received yet, something that you have not experienced. So you are hoping. Hope always is ahead towards the future, okay? But faith goes into the future and brings it. So even though it hasn't manifested, faith makes you know that this hope is going to happen or it has happened and you are physically it's going to manifest. Okay, so you cannot have genuine faith without hope because said faith is the substance substantiating. Okay, the hypostasis that's the Greek word, hypostasis. Hypostasis is the substantiating of what is hoped for. So, first of all, to have faith, there must be something you are hoping for, there must be hope ahead. Your, your hope is set on something, and what your hope is set on becomes the platform of your faith based on God's word. Hallelujah. And so there's no way you can have faith without hope because faith, Hebrews 11, 1 again, faith is the substance, is the hypostasis, is substantiating what is hoped for. What is hoped for? People haven't seen it. People haven't, you haven't realized it. You haven't experienced it, but you are substantiating it. You are you are working in a certain substance of it, a certain experience of it, even though it hasn't manifested. Manifested, You are working in the experience of what you are hoping for. And so how can you work in the experience of nothing that you are hoping for, what you are not hoping for? So faith is the substance of things hopeful. So genuine faith is hope-based. Genuine faith will also have hope, okay? So what are the signs of a genuine faith? Bible based too, it has hope. There's hope. If you give it up and I'm tired, whatever will happen, I can't be bothered. I don't think anything, you know. I give up. That's, if you lost hope, that's genuine faith is gone. Once you've lost hope about that, God favoring you, God doing it, genuine faith is gone. So you say, I have faith, but you know in your heart, I don't think this is, I've given up. There's no giving up when it comes to faith. Genuine faith doesn't give up hope, genuine faith still holds on. Hallelujah. So, genuine faith has hope. Number three, genuine faith has love. This is very important. Love for what? Love towards God and the things of God. Most of the time, when people lose faith, that's when their love begins to go off. So, there's no clearest, one of the clearest signs of lack of faith is when you become cold towards the things of God. Didn't I just read it? Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. It says, because iniquity shall abound. Sin. Sin, you can't sin in love for God. <laughs> it doesn't go. So iniquity is increasing. When you see people increasing in sin and compromising on their Christian stance, it's, it's a sign that their love has grown cold. And when love works, it's a sign that it's, there's no, really faith is gone. So because faith works by love, Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, it said, faith which works by love. Faith works by love. Faith works by love or with your love. So you need love in place for faith to be genuine. Love for God. 
Love for the things. If you love God, you love his things. He will love his word. You will love his word. You love to hear his word. So love is a determinant, a, 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 a determinant when it comes to genuine faith. Love determines. Love is an evidence. Love for God is an evidence that someone has faith. As he said, he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. But he that endures, who continues in faith, enduring to the end. He says, we are not of, like them, of them who, who give up or who turn back. In uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse, I think, 20, 30, 30, no, 30, he said, he who will come will come quickly, 37. And then verse uh, 38, we are not, 38 and 39, we are not like 39, we are not like those who draw back onto perdition. All right, because if you return, if you backslide, it says that God will be, my soul will not be pleased with you at all. God will not be happy with you. So don't backslide, okay? Don't backslide. I know conditions look very worrying, but don't backslide. Don't lose faith. Don't let your love grow cold. Don't let your, let your love wax cold. Your love is waxing. The way you are gossiping about church people, the way you are, you are excited about negative news about other churches and churches is a sign that your love is waxing cold. If what breaks God's heart breaks your heart, that means your love is in place. In Revelation chapter 2, he says that you guys have good works. I know your works. You have good works. You have uh, you have endurance. You you have you have suffered many things. And he says that um, you even don't tolerate those who are, you have checked check them out and you are able to tell those who are false prophets. But he said, I have one thing against you. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 said, you have lost your first love. Your first love in in Je- Jeremiah chapter two verse two it talks about how you have you fo- you've left your love the the you know when you are fall into love with a, a, a lady or a man you love before you get married or you know usually before you know that that fresh love you can't even sleep she's always on your mind or he's always on your mind you can't really think straight everything you are doing you are thinking about her you are thinking about him and sometimes it's it's everything uh, yeah that's what it's called the the love of your betrothal i think in jeremiah oh i didn't intend to read that but since i've just mentioned it some of you i think it would be nice for you to see jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2 wonderful text it's, it talks about um it says that go and cry in the ears of jerusalem saying that's yes the lord i have i have remembered i have remember uh, so i that's yes the lord i remember you the, the kindness of thy youth, the love of your espousal. That means that your espousal, the way you when you were proposed to, lady, you remember the day he proposed to you, you were, oh, <laughs> head over his, <laughs> yeah, said the, the love of your proposal, the love of your espousal. God said, don't forget that love. Don't lose that love. He said, I have one thing against you. You have lost your first love. You have lost your first love. It's a sign that you are going down in faith. Your love for God, your passion, when it's time for God's word. Someone was saying that, oh, I have so much work to do at work, so I didn't even have time to listen to God's word with the people of God. It's a sign that your love, your love, oh, I will listen to it in my own time. No, listen to it in God's time, the time that has been set, where you know you can make the time. It's, not, it's different from where practically it's not possible. But practically it's possible. But you choose to defer the time when you can be fellowshipping with other believers. No, it's a sign that your love is going down. You are going down and your faith is sinking. You are sinking in faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Your first love. And you know what? That's the second letter written to the Ephesus, the church of Ephesus. 
The second, the first letter was the fishes. The second letter was the one Jesus himself brought. And the only thing he, tell, he, he said he had concern about was their love. Because once your love begins to go down, every other, things can, every other thing can begin to come in. Iniquity will abound. Every other thing can be coming. Your faith can survive when in the absence of love for God. So faith works by love. This love thing is important. It's important and it cannot be overemphasized. In the book of um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24, it says, Grace to you who love the Lord with undying love, with un- un- undefiled love. You see, it's a grace. Grace works towards you when your love is in place. Because love keeps everything in place. In, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, it says that anyone who does not love the Lord Jesus, let him be maranatha. Maranatha means, okay, sorry, let him be anathema. I'm sorry, anathema. Anathema means let him be a curse. That's the strongest possible term for curse. He says that anyone who does not love the Lord, let him be anathema. So loving God is a very important aspect with your work with God. If the judge shall live by faith, then faith only works by love. So if your love is cold and I, I know God will do it for me. I know God is doing but you can't actually stand there church. You can't stand, stand the, the preaching of God's word. You can't stand a lot of things. A lot of things put you up, but I know God will help me. Please, 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 please. It's not genuine faith. Genuine faith is always expressed in genuine love for God. That guy, that sister, you want to know whether they are in faith? Check their heartbeat towards the things of God. It will tell you whether they are in genuine faith. Anyone who is in genuine faith will maintain pure love. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse verse 15, it talks about when I heard about your faith and love. It goes hand in hand. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14, it speaks about your faith and your love. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13, it speaks about your faith and love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3, it speaks about your faith and love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6, it talks about your faith and love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8, it also talks about the love and faith. They work together. They work hand in hand. Your labor It works hand in hand. So there's no way you can claim to have a genuine faith when love is missing. So I'm trying to draw to somebody's attention that whilst your love is growing cold, your your faith is on the way out growing weak. Fight the good fight of faith. So number 10 point about love, genuine faith is, is about genuine faith is love. And number four is obedience. If you have genuine faith, it will play out in the way you are willing to obey God. Obedience. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when he was asked to move from his father's house, he obeyed by faith. He obeyed, obeyed. Faith and obedience go together. Okay, faith, there's no way you can say you have faith in God and you're walking in disobedience. You are walking in disobedience. Is that if you shall hearken to do the voice, uh, the obey the voice of the Lord, then these blessings shall come upon thee. You see, so God requires us to obey him and obey his word. The word you are believing in, you all automatically obey it. Sometimes it might not be convenient, it might not be popular, it might not be what you actually want, feel like doing, but it's, when, it, when it comes to the realm of faith, it's not feelings, it's word-based, okay? It's not feelings, and you know that this is what I'm supposed to do. Like a father who has to put food on the table, or oh, I don't feel like going to work, but you know, even though you don't, there are a lot of people listening to me, you don't like your job. There are a lot of people who hate their job. You hate your job. Sometimes Monday morning is the most gloomy day for you. Uh, gloomy day for you in the week. Friday, thank God 
is Friday. I'm happy I'm not going to work tomorrow. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Because people don't love their, their job. But why do they go? Why do you go when you don't love it? Because you just have to. You don't go to work because you feel like. You go to work because you have to. In the same way, you don't walk by faith or you don't obey God because you feel like. You obey God because you know that's what you have to. Okay, faith in Romans chapter one, verse five, it talks about to call all nations to the obedience of faith. Faith comes with obedience. The obedience, I think NIV, let me see how the NIV puts it. Obedience of faith. Romans chapter um, one, verse five. It says that um, through him, we have received grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to the obedience that come from faith. In this name, uh, faith in his, for his name's sake. How can you say you have faith, but no obedience at that? Because obedience comes by faith. You see, he said, when you have faith, it will generate obedience. In chapter 16, verse 26, Romans 16, 26, look at how he puts it again. He says that, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the commandment of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that come from faith. Obedience that come from faith. So if you are in faith, it will produce obedience. Now, what kind of uh, obedience-less faith are you proclaiming you have? Are you declaring? No, it's not faith because there's no obedience. You do your own thing. You do your, and you come to God when you think it suits you. God, I want you to do so. So he has to do it. God, you have to do this for me. Then he has to do it. So you come to God when you think you need him, but not when he wants you to do something. No, that is not genuine faith. That is not, that is fake faith. That is fake. It's not genuine faith. Authentic faith, unfeigned faith, real faith, true faith will always be accompanied with obedience. Bible says that the obedience of faith, the obe- Abraham, the father of faith, was a man of obedience. He stepped out when God said, and watch this, the scary bit about his obedience is he went out, not knowing, Hebrews chapter 11, yeah, verse 8, he went out not knowing where he was going. You don't have to know the details. Just know the, the demands, the requirements of God, and be willing to obey. Step out in faith. Obey God by faith and leave the consequences for him. Obedience is crucial when it comes to the blessings, how much God can do in anybody's life. Obedience, your obedience is crucial, is paramount, is cardinal, is fundamental, is key, is principle, is necessary, is essential. Obedience is vital when it comes to whatever God can do for anybody. In the, in, with the Israelites. He told them in Genesis, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 28, that if you shall hearken to do, obey my voice, then these blessings will come to you. What is it that you are expecting from God, expecting God to do without a corresponding obedience? You are believing God for breakthroughs. You must learn how to walk in obedience. You are believing God for marriage and you are disobeying him by hanging around, uh, being in a relation with somebody's husband, somebody's wife, or flirting with, I mean, come on. And you are still believing God, God, this year is my year of marriage. Look, the way you are going, it won't work. <laughs> Even if something happens, God is not from God. And if God doesn't give you, you have to defend whatever you go for. You know, but it's, it's important. You are believing God for a breakthrough in your career. But these dodgy things and lies and fake forgery, you are engaging yourself in. Listen, listen. It's not, it's, it's not befitting a man of faith. And so, 
it must be obedience. If it has to be faith, it must be obedience. Number, number four, if it's, if it's genuine faith, then it will have corresponding works. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse um, 17, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26. James chapter James chapter um, 2, verse 17. Even so, if it has not, sorry, even, if, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead. Okay, it says the same way. If faith has no works, it's dead. It doesn't work. It does, <laughs> faith that hasn't got works does not work. Faith that hasn't got works does not work. It doesn't work. It's, it's fake. It's not faith. It's fake. It's not authentic. Okay, Pastor, what do you mean by faith that must have works? There must be act- corresponding actions that show that somebody's obeying God or someone is in faith when you have faith so let me because of my time let me read it says that yeah a man may say thou hast faith and I have works show me thy faith without your works and I'll show you I'll show thee my faith by my works if takes faith works to demonstrate faith real faith will be works demonstrated verse 20 but will thou uh, but will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 22. Seest thou, seest thou how faith wroth with his work? Talking about Abraham. 21 talking about Abraham. 22 said, how faith works with wrath. Or not, faith was working with his work, his works, his behavior. Okay. So um, let me read the Amplified. Let me read this from the Amplified. I, just, I think I've already opened it in my studies. Um, yeah. It's here. For let me read verse um, 8, verse 17. So, so also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, or actions of obedience, backed, uh, back it, uh, actions of obedience to back it, to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. Faith is by itself destitute of power, you know, inoperative, if it doesn't have actions to back it up. All right, verse 20 says that, Are you willing to be shown proof? You foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow, that faith apart from good works is inactive and ineffective and worthless. So it's not genuine faith if it doesn't have works. Verse 22 says that, You see that, that's talking about Abraham, you see that his faith was cooperating with his works. And his faith was completed and uh, and reached its supreme expression when he he implemented it by good works. So he implemented his faith. His faith reached its supreme expression implemented by works. So how can you say I have works? I have faith without works. Look at verse 24. You see that a man is justified, pronounced righteous before God through what he does and not... Oh, uh, and not uh, so through what he does, and not alone through faith. Okay, alone through faith, through through works of obedience, as as well as by what he believes. All right. So he says that. Let me read it from the King James. Back to the King James, verse twenty-four. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith alone, not by faith only. It takes works to justify the faith. To justify your genuineness. Verse 
26 says that, for as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You need works to back your faith. You need corresponding actions to back your faith. In the book of Luke chapter 5 verse 20, when Jesus was teaching and the power of God was present to heal from verse 17, the Bible says that four men brought their, their friend crippled. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. They were brought him in a, 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 a bed. He was lying on a bed and then they brought him. And then the Bible said when Jesus saw their faith, okay, verse 20, and when Jesus saw their faith, that means that they were doing something that constituted faith. So faith is a doing word. Faith is not a noun in this sense. It's a verb. It's doing. It's an action. So faith must have action to be genuine. All right. That's very important. So number one, it must be Bible-based. Number two, hope. Number three, it must have it must have hope to have love. Okay. Number three, obedience supported. It must have obedience. Number four, genuine works. Okay. Genuine faith must have works. Number five, Sorry, number one, <laughs> word base. Number two, hope. Number three, love. Number four, obedience. Number five, works. I'm sorry, works. Number six, focus. What are you seeing? Jeremiah chapter one, verse one. It says that, sorry, verse 11. It says, and the Lord said to me, what seest thou? What are you seeing? What you see matter. Verse 12 says that the, God, the Lord said, you have well seen. What you see matters. You have well seen. And he says that for I watch over my word to perform it because of what you have seen. It can allow me to do what I have to do. Say, what seest thou? What seest thou? What are you seeing? It's very important. It's a major question when it comes to faith. Faith will always see something. Faith will see the invisible. Faith will be seeing what others haven't seen. Bible says that um, by faith, um, Moses, he forsook Egypt as one. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 27, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt. Okay, I put Moses there. By faith, he, talking about Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as, as seeing him who was invisible. He endured as seeing him who was invisible. He saw something. That's what was able, that's why he was able to, was able to go through what he went through. So he said, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt. Why? Because he saw what was invisible. Faith sees what others are not seeing. Hallelujah. So if it's genuine faith, there's something you'll be seeing. I remember when we had not had a child yet. We were waiting for so many years. I, told, I was preaching. I said, my children. I never said even my child. I said my children because even though for six years we hadn't had a child. I know because I had seen already with the eye of the spirit. I've seen myself carrying a child. I've seen our children already doing well in life. So I can't, I cannot say otherwise. Jesus puts it this way. I think in the book of John chapter eight, I think 51 or 53, somewhere when he was having a discourse with the Pharisees, he said, I mean, I know God. If I say, I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you. I know him. So I can't say, I don't know him. Now that's the way I'm saying that. If I say, I haven't seen, I'll be a liar. I've seen it. Faith sees the eye of faith. Faith sees beyond the natural. Faith sees. If it's genuine faith, it's something you have seen which others naturally will not notice. So that's okay if they are complaining about you and they are saying, oh, look at you, you see, you see, they will threaten you, all kinds of things. Yeah, you can understand them. Don't take them for enemies. You can understand that the devil will use their lack of sight to attack your faith, but that's okay. You must know what you have seen. You must know what you have seen. You have seen with not with the natural eyes because blessed are they who have not seen but believe, okay? Talking about seeing with the natural eye, physical senses. 
That's why I, in God, first Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, he said, we walk by faith, not by sight, because you can't depend on what your natural or um, sensory perception is depicting or is picking up. There are things sensory perception cannot pick up, but guess what? They are still real. They exist. They exist. By faith, Hebrews says, by faith, we understand. Hebrews 11, 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All right. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. So there are, are things that are not visible, but they are there. They are not visible. You are, so if you walk by physical sight, you will miss God. We do, they are, in, in, in Colossians chapter 1, I think verse 15, talking about by him all things were created, visible and invisible. Talking about this. So there are things that have been created, but they are still in the realm of invisible, invisibility. They are still invisible. By him all things were created, visible and invisible. Did you see that? Visible and invisible. And so there are things that are not visible, but they exist. They have been created. And so faith sees beyond the visible. It sees beyond. In 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter um, 4, verse 18, it says, whilst we look not at the things that are seen, but, but the things that are not seen. So the things that are not visible, that's what we set our eyes, the eye of faith on. The eye of faith is set on what the natural man does not see. We can see it. We can see beyond, the, the eye of faith sees beyond the natural. Hallelujah. So, things we, and we know that things that are visible were not, were not made out of things that do appear. The physical came from the spiritual. Bible says that God is a spirit and God said, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know that by, by, by faith, again, Hebrews eleven three. by faith, we understand that the wells were framed by the word of God. So things that are visible were not made by uh, things that appear. So it's the word of God. The word of God created another you see you see it in god's word when you i'm talking about what you see you see it through the lens of god's word you see what so if it's genuine faith genuine faith has seen something i've seen it yes 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 i've seen my marriage yes i've seen my ministry doing well. yes i've seen my healing yes i've seen my breakthrough yes i've seen my business doing. yes i've seen my results yes don't be afraid see it genuine faith will see it See in God's word. That's why genuine faith will always keep their eyes open to, into God's word. Into God. See yet the man who looks into the perfect law of liberty. You look into it. Look into it. Bible said you said the scriptures. You said through it. Faith comes alive because it's the word of faith. Okay. So, and let me add one more scripture. This I, I love this text about um, um, this man. He almost sank. Um, Peter. On the sea. He started walking on the sea in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. From verse 20, he was walking. Verse 30, the Bible says, when he saw the winds and the seas was boisterous, he started to sink and he cried out. Because he looked at the wrong thing. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 15, the Bible says that God told Abraham, lift up your eyes, just look north, south, whatever you see, as far as you see, I'll give it to you. So faith has, you have to see. Okay, so genuine faith will see. Genuine faith will see. What seest thou? What seest thou, O man of God? What seest thou, O woman of God? What do you see? What do you see? In, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says that if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. Yeah, if you can have a focus, your eye is single. You are seeing what God is in, in, in Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 and Matthew in Luke chapter 11. Yeah, Luke, Luke chapter 11 verse um, verse 40, 34. 
the same thing. He says that if your eye be single, your whole body be full of light. What are you seeing? Don't let the devil blind you towards what God is showing you in Jesus' name. So your focus. And finally, so for faith to be genuine, number one, it must be word-based or Bible-based. Number two, it must have hope. Number three, it's, it has love. There's love in operation. Number four, obedience in operation. Number five, works. Okay, true works, good works in operation. Number, number, number six, focus. You're seeing, you're seeing, it has a focus on something, what you're seeing in the word of God. And then number, number seven, it's, I prefer to use the Hebrew word. It's a Greek word, homologia. All right, another word is confession. Confession in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says that holding, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. The word translated profession is homologia, which is also means profession, what you're saying. Okay, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Hold, lay hold of eternal life by which you have made a, a good profession. You see, fight, you have the faith, but fight it and lay hold of eternal life to which you have been called, by which you have made a good profession. So you have already made the profession. That's why the faith is there. Faith works with profession. Faith works with what you're saying. Okay, your profession, your confession, your confession. What Bible says, Jesus is the high priest of our profession or of our confession. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Hebrews 4, 14 and 3, 1. Hebrews 4, 14, uh, let me just throw that in. Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast what our profession when you read, I think New King James uses our, uh, our confession. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 11. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession. The same homologia is that of our confession. What are you confessing for him to work with? Open your mouth. The Bible said, open your mouth wide and I'll feel it. In the book of Psalms. Open your mouth wide and I will feel it. Open your mouth, Sam, in the book of Sam. Open your mouth wide and I will feel it. So um, for it to be genuine faith, it must have homologia. Homologia is same, log, logia is speaking, word, same word, okay? So you are saying something. So same wording, same wording, that same speaking. So homologia is you are saying what God has said. Homologia, saying God's word. In, in Romans chapter 10 from verse 8, I think I would like to read that. Romans chapter 10 from verse 8, it says, um, but what saith it? The word is near you. Where is the word? Even in your mouth. Where is the word in your mouth? The word that can save you. The word that can change your story. Where is it in your mouth? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We are preaching for you to speak it. Okay, we preach by it will be in your mouth. That if you can, shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you have to speak out. Speak out. Speak out the word of God. Speak out the word of God. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 7 to 10, Bible says that a man came to Jesus, said, my, my, come and heal my servant who is sick. And Jesus said, I'm going to come. That Jesus, this is a very interesting text. So let me read it as I run up. It says that um, the man came from Capernaum, verse 5, Verse 6 saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of pals, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He came to tell my servant, he said, Jesus said, I will come. Look at what the man said. The centurion answered and said, the centurion said, okay, Lord, 
Lord, I'm a man, I, I, I'm, I'm not worthy that that should come, come under my roof, but speak your word only and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go and he goes and to other, to the other come and he cometh and to, to my servants do this and he do it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said, and said to them that follow, verily I say unto you, I have never found so great faith, not in Israel, no, not in Israel. Great faith. What's the great faith? The man said, don't come. The things the man was saying, he said, you, your words are powerful. When you speak, because you are a man of authority, when you speak, what is, the power you carry is demonstrated through your words. And he said, because me, I'm a man of authority. When I speak, it happens. So you don't have to come to my house. Just speak. That mind, that mindset, Jesus said, this is the faith. I've never seen a faith that understands the power of confession. What are you saying? Don't go around saying negative things about yourself. In Matthew chapter 20, chapter 15, verse 27 and 28, a woman came to Jesus and said, heal my daughter. Jesus said, no, I can't give the, the I'm not ready. I said, I, 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 can't, I will not give the children's bread to the dog. The woman said back that even the dog is eat the crumb. Then Jesus, verse 27, woman said, the dogs eat of the crumb. 28, Jesus said, wow, woman, great is thy faith. What did she do? She was just speaking back what she believed. Don't be quiet. Satan has not heard you speaking. That's why he has not stopped harassing you. Speak the word of God. Speak homologia. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. The Bible says Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1 verse 16 to 16, talking and describing Jesus. Bible said, two-edged short sword was in his mouth. There's sword in your mouth. In the realm of the spirit, it said, take ye the sword of the spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. The sword of the spirit. The sword is in your mouth. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, said the word of God is quicker, sharper than any two a sword. So it's a sword. There's a sword in your mouth. Bible said, Jesus Christ, we are like him. Bible said, a sword, two-edged sword. Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. Two-edged sword came out of his mouth. Two-edged sword. In fact, the Bible says he will condemn or he fight this lawless one, talking about the Antichrist, with the, the, the breath of his mouth. That's the sword in his mouth. Something is in his mouth. In, I'm talking about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I think, verse 8. The, the, the sword in his mouth. So there's sword in your mouth. There's where your words are powerful if you are walking with God. So don't be quiet. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God into your situation. He said, Son of man, can these bones live? He said, Thou knowest. He said, Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy. Jeremiah chapter 36. Prophesy. Sorry, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. Prophesy. Open your mouth and speak out. Speak out. Genuine faith will always, when you want to know, if you want to know who has faith, just listen to them very carefully. It will tell you. If you want to know whether you have faith, just check what you are saying. In, in Mark chapter 5 verse 28, Bible says, the woman said to herself, the woman with the issue of blood, for she said within herself, you have to say, there are things you are, if you have faith, you have to speak. Speak. Speak to yourself and speak aloud. Speak out. Homologia. Speak the word. That is the sign of a genuine faith. And if your faith is in place, the devil will be, will be displaced. If your faith is in place, Satan and his works will be displaced out of your life and your situation. I pray that God help you. Listen, you will not be put to shame. Your faith will deliver. Don't depend on other people's faith. It's about time. Put your faith in God. Believe God, okay? Believe God. All that is going on around the world is just Satan trying to attack people's faith and attack your faith. But you will not backslide. You will not lose hope. Build your faith and let your faith be genuine. Signs of genuine faith 
evidence of genuine faith. Genuine faith, number one, is Bible-based. Number two, it has hope. Number three, works by love. Number four, obedience. Number five, works of faith or good works. Number six, focus. What are you seeing? Number seven, homologia. I pray that may your faith be genuine and deliver to the glory of the name of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.